this episode, we're going to talk about leadership and how why I think that parenting, in fact, is really akin to being a great leader in any organization, institution, or group of people, so that you can reframe this role of parenting, reframe our understanding of ourselves, and be more effective leaders for your family. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hi, I'm Avital. If you're just meeting me for the first time, I'm a mindful parenting coach. I talk all about mindfulness, parenting, relationships, how to love parenting and parent from love, how to actually enjoy the process of parenting and do it from a place of love and connection with our children. I'm also a homeschooling mother of four and my goal here is to help you, my fellow imperfect parents, to really release clutter and chaos and conflict and guilt and shame and frustration and all the negative feelings associated with parenting and step into the shiniest, healthiest, happiest version of yourself as parents so you can enjoy this process. It's my belief that you had children for a reason. It takes tremendous effort and energy and so much out of us and our resources to have children, however you had yours. And So we must be doing that for some kind of purpose. And of course, there's the survival, biological, evolutionary purpose of just continuing our gene pool. But I think most of us feel that there's a lot more meaning there and a lot more reasons that we have children, more than just our ovaries were aching for it. We came to this goal and this relationship with some reason for it. We we have a goal in mind. We're trying to achieve something and accomplish something in raising children. And so if that's the case, how can we do so in a way that actually reaches our goal and feels good along the way, where we're not just stuck in survival mode and stuff, stuck suffering, but we have glimpses and perhaps even quite long glimpses, uh, longer and longer, hopefully, of joy, uh, of meaning, of satisfaction, and of feeling accomplished in what we're doing as parents. So today is episode number 34, all about leadership, all about how to be a good leader. And if you want the show notes to this episode, they can be found over at theparentingjunkie.com forward slash 34. Plus, if you found this interesting or helpful, I so appreciate hearing your comments right there on the blog or seeing you share it out on Instagram, on Facebook, or just you could grab the link and send it to a friend who you think might find it interesting. If you tag me on Instagram, I'm at parentingjunkie. Snap a selfie right now or a screenshot and share it on your stories. I would be so very grateful. It helps me spread the word and it helps other parents too. So today we're talking about being a leader. Now here is the problem, my problem at least, was that I was, you know, thrown into this role of parenting the moment you become a mom or dad without the skills that are necessary to be a good leader. And in fact, many of us don't even think of parenting as leadership, as a leadership role. For me, at least, I found that I didn't have any of the necessary training or experience to help me be a positive, helpful leader. And as I said, I didn't even have that frame of mind. I was flying by the seat of my pants, right? And most of us are defaulting to whatever we happen to have seen at home. So if you happen to witness good leadership, uh, then that's great. But if you haven't, then you are defaulting to probably 
weak leadership, i.e. permissiveness, i.e. I don't know how to get things to happen, how to lead people somewhere, how to make decisions, how to be the one who takes responsibility, how to be the authority, as we explored in last week's episode, right? What being that authority figure, that person who shoulders the burden of responsibility for everyone, who says, I will make the decisions and I will bear the responsibility that go with those decisions, right? So we're, we're weak leaders when we don't know leadership or we're overbearing leaders, right? We are over controlling, we're dictators. We're not, uh, you know, loved, benevolent, kind, compassionate leaders, but we're actually dictators. Jump when I say jump, my word is, my, is the way, do it because I said so. All of the stuff that we know from that authoritarian perspective of parenting. So, My question to us today is, what does it take to be an excellent leader? And how can we become the people we need to be in order to be good leaders for our families? I think another lingering thing that comes up here is that patriarchal notion that men are the leaders of the family, that men are the the decision makers. Did you grow up in a family like that? I kind of did. My parents had a very traditional marriage and my father was the breadwinner and my mother was a stay-at-home mother. But there was the sense that my father was the leader. And it came down to like the smaller things maybe, like planning uh, trips or budgets or making final decisions. Sometimes there was the sense that, you know, daddy has to make that decision, not in all things. And certainly my parents have a very equal, um, you know, marriage in other ways and a very respectful one as well. And shout out to my parents who are incredible and who have have actually modeled for me this incredibly long-term committed relationship. They've been married for over 50 years and they still, you know, hold hands when they go on their walks and do their yoga together in the morning. And they're really, really incredible in that way. Um, But I definitely had that sense. Maybe it wasn't even from my family. Maybe it was just from society that men are the decision makers or the leaders. Um, And maybe it's also not just within the family unit. We just see men in more leadership roles uh, everywhere, right? This is not new news that I'm breaking here. But that's one thing that also might factor in is that as, you know, if you're listening and you're a woman and you feel like the word leadership and family don't necessarily combine because we haven't thought of parenting in that way. We haven't thought of mothering in that way, of leading our family, of kind of forging the path. You know, whenever we make these decisions, which school to send our kids to, what food we should put on the table, what bedtime looks like in our house, what vacations or Sundays or the budget, everything, all of these decisions that we make, that's leadership, right? That is taking a group of people somewhere based on our decisions and our vision. We're going to talk a lot about vision today. I guess what I'm saying is that we don't even make that connection. We become a parent and it feels more like a servant than a leader sometimes. Does anyone feel that way? Like, I'm here to serve. I just have to keep people alive. I have to keep them happy. I have to get them what they need. I have to uh, wait on them hand and foot. Um, and I have to be there for them. And that's what parenting is like. More like um, just, yeah, serving. I can't even think of a better word. It's serving people. So leadership, I want to pose, is an act of service, right? But it's a very different type of act of service than being a servant, right? Being a servant to someone where they are the master and we are there to basically fulfill their every whim 
anything they ask us to do, because we're their servant, we have to fulfill, right? I'm talking about, you know, servants from the fairy tales or whatever. Just thinking of the, the images that are conjured up when I say the word servant. And the idea of not having a will of our own and being basically someone else's property, being in service of them all the time and of their desires. When we're servants, we don't have a vision for where our master is taking us, right? Or our employer is taking us. But when we are leaders, that is actually at the very crux of good leadership. The very crux of good leadership is good vision and being able to articulate that vision and lead people towards it. So we'll get more into that in a moment. But before we do, let's talk about some leaders that we've all seen, which is bosses, right? Employers, people who lead companies, businesses, groups, maybe uh, it could be a social leader or someone who maybe leads your religious services or your religious institution or a leader of a school, such as the headmaster or the principal, or a leader of a movement, right? Or the famous leaders of movements that we've all admired throughout history, like Martin Luther King or Gandhi, people who have led others towards a certain vision or goal. I've never heard of someone suggesting that as parents, we should be modeling after those types of inspiring leaders. But that is the suggestion I want to pose to you today. I think as parents, we should be taking our inspiration from people who know how to craft a clear vision, how to articulate that vision, and infect the people around them with the excitement and enthusiasm for it, and then how to lead people towards that vision and make it a reality. Big, inspiring leaders, world leaders, or local group leaders in your communities should be the people we model from and learn from how to do that in our family units as well. And I could almost hear that for some of you, that's raising a ton of resistance because maybe you don't feel like your leadership material. Maybe you feel like you're just there to snuggle your child and, you know, treat them well and care for them and love on them. But you're not here to lead a movement. And for you, parenting is a much more intimate and simple and close and connected relationship, which it is, of course, it is all of those things as well for all of us. And it is not for you, this sense of crafting a vision and leading people somewhere. But the reason I do bring this up anyway, is because I think for so many of us, it's a relevant and inspiring way of thinking of ourselves. First of all, it puts us in a position of feeling powerful rather than powerless feeling like we are the masters of our own destiny, which we are. But also because it's kind of a fresh new spin on authority and on being that guide for our children. It's kind of a spin that makes us feel like we are of service to our children. We are in service to them, but we are not servants to them. And we don't and can't and should not lay down our lives and our visions and our beliefs and our care for ourselves at their needs and their every whim. 
And the reason is because people need leaders in their lives. Anything that you ever want to do, you want to get fit at the gym, you want to build a business, you want to build a house, you want to start composting, you want to be uh, knitting quilts. Uh, no, you don't knit quilts, right? But you want to be quilting or knitting. You need a leader. You need a teacher. You need a guide. You need someone that can teach you and model for you. And this is how humans have survived throughout millennia, right? We infect each other with information, and with visions and with ideas. And we pass those on from one generation to the next. And then, you know, throughout history, we were able to actually put them down in writing. And some of those ideas and visions are able to sustain well past the people who thought them up. But it's still a form of leadership, right? They still pathed a certain way for us, paved a way, showed us the way through their words, through their actions, perhaps. We need leaders any time we want to get somewhere. We need a guide. We need some kind of mental model of how to do it. Sometimes we're really, really paving a new way and then we have to borrow from another discipline, right? Like we want to start a new cupcake business. We don't know anything about cupcake business and we're the first cupcake business in history. Well, we look at what people have done with other bakeries or with pizzerias and we piece together what could be relevant for us. But it's very rare that we're doing something that's completely new and fresh and doesn't rely on all of those layers of the pyramid of human evolution that came before us. And why should it? That's part of the genius of humanity is that we're able to stack wisdom and knowledge. We can leapfrog over, you know, far and beyond what previous generations ever could because we don't have to go through all the hard, long labor that they did to get to where they are. We can instantly get access to all the medical wisdom of today I mean, literally instantly online, thanks to many hundreds, if not thousands of years of research and development of science and, and, and the documentation. But the information that we get so quickly and so easily was hard earned by those people. So all this is to say that there's this process that leaders go through, which is that they learn something they experience something on their own skin. They get from point A to point B. And because they've done that, and they even have the vision, they can kind of continue that trajectory in their mind's eye. They can foresee the future or envision a future or forecast a future um, that is positive in some way. And they can imagine the steps that it might take to get them there. And because they can do all of that, they can also excite people around that vision, rally people around it. What if we were to think of parenting in that way? What if we were to reframe our role as parents, not as just, you know, guiding our children through their upbringing, not as just, you know, teaching them to be good people and providing for them, but being the visionary of our family and our family lives and lifestyle and values. Not in the sense that we are going to predict and mold and shape our children into very specific people, but in the sense that we have a vision for where this family is going. 
So my invitation to us all today is to hold this vision for our families, to craft it, to understand it, to realize that we came together with our partners or with our children, right? We brought children into the world, however they they came, through adoption, through biology, it doesn't matter. We formed what we now call our family, however that looks for you, with a certain purpose in mind. When we get clear on what that purpose is, what we're looking to live out in this life, what kind of feelings we want to feel, what kind of experiences we want to experience, what our physical setting should be, what kind of home we want to live in, what our day-to-day should look like, how our words should be spoken to each other. We craft that vision in our mind and we can see what's possible. We can see beyond the current situation. And as the leaders, we can continuously steer our ships in that direction of the vision that we're going towards. We are still doing day-to-day stuff. We're still cooking the pasta and wiping the snot and cleaning the toilet seat and buying diapers and doing all of the maintenance, all of the servitude, right? All of the services that we offer. But our role is actually leading And a leader's main role is to be a visionary, to have a vision for where this family is going, for what this family is about, for who we are as people, for where we're going, right? And to empower the people who we're in relationship with, i.e. our children, to, to get them to buy in to our vision, to empower them to buy into that vision, to learn not to micromanage them, not to hover, not to be helicopter parents, not to be all over them, not to be making decisions for them. And let's go back, as I'm talking about this, you know, micromanaging idea, let's go back to bosses, right? Most of us here have experienced several different bosses in our lives. But if you haven't, you can just rely on those you've seen on TV. Um, But if you think about that stereotypical, mean, nasty boss, right? There's that boss who's kind of very egocentric, um, you know, is dismissive of other people's time, is very patronizing, um, doesn't listen to people's ideas, doesn't brainstorm with them, is not interested in whether his employees are happy in their work, are fulfilled or in their genius zones, um, is happy to humiliate people when they haven't, you know, performed to his exacting standards, right? This really annoying boss, this kind of a guy that no one wants to work for, a nightmare of a boss, someone we're scared of. That is akin to the authoritarian parent, right? The parent that, okay, yeah, maybe they're effective. Maybe they get things done. Maybe the company works well, but the employees don't enjoy working with and for this person, the process sucks. <laughs> maybe they get the the, the um, productivity that they need, maybe, but the process sucks. And probably turnover is pretty high for those people, right? Because people can't sustain living with such unpleasant relationships day in, day out for that long if they're given a choice, right? If they can leave to something else, they will. On the other side of that is the boss who is off gallivanting wherever, is not really giving direction, doesn't have a lot of vision, is indecisive, 
is flip-flopping back and forth, goes through meeting after meeting after meeting, wasting everybody's time, never coming to clear decisions and not setting clear tone for the company. So people who work there don't really understand what the vision is, what they're trying to achieve, what success looks like. They don't really know. Uh, when, when you know, their work is good, when their work is not good, they kind of are twiddling their fingers, unsure if they're working in the right direction. And working for someone like that is incredibly frustrating because you feel like you don't know that there's a responsible adult at the helm of this ship. You feel like this company could go down any moment. They might fire us all. I don't know if I'm going to get a raise, if I'm not going to get a raise, if my job is secure. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing every day. Um, you know, sometimes I'll do work and it will be considered good. And sometimes we'll just suddenly trash three months work of, uh, three months, um, worth of work because we've suddenly pivoted direction again and again and again. And then I just feel really unheld, right? I feel like, well, it's, you know, it's nice that everybody's nice and it's nice that it's relaxed atmosphere, but I don't feel like I'm doing meaningful work. I don't know where we're going with this. And I don't feel secure in my job. And then there's that great leader, that great boss, the boss that knows how to make decisions and knows how to be consistent with those decisions, but also knows when to pivot when it's important, right? Someone who knows how to empower their employees with all of the information and all of the power and the capabilities that they need in order for, to fulfill projects well, in order to actually move forward and be productive, right? It's someone who has this great blend between giving independence and autonomy, right? Giving, giving, getting out of the way of people so that they can do their work, really transferring responsibility to them so that they can just get on with the projects and delegating real responsibilities. And when you see a leader like that, you know that someone who is well taken care of. This is someone who's probably taking care of their body. They're probably taking care of their time management. You know, to some extent, I mean, think of someone who you consider to be a really excellent leader or an inspiring leader. I'm sure not every area of their life is down pat. Maybe their marriage is falling apart or they're terrible parents, but as far as the company is concerned, they're phenomenal leaders, right? It's someone who has a real relationship with each of their employees, but also knows that at the end of the day, it's business and they're the leader and they need to make the final decisions. So whilst they're interested in everyone's opinions and they take them into account, they are not super swayed one way or another by, you know, the rumblings of just the water fountain chat. They are also people who are very willing to embrace conflict and radical honesty. They want real opinions. They want real conversations. They want real communication. They don't want just yes men as their employees. They don't want people who are just going to do what they say and not question them and say, hey, but I don't think that's such a good idea. And here are the, here are the reasons why. They're going to embrace that. They're going to be super pumped when the people who work for them are able to voice their truest opinions and offer more value to their vision. However, they're still going to be clear on their vision and hold it for everybody. They know how to course correct and they know how to help people learn what they need to learn in order con to continue well in their job. So what can we learn from this as good parents? What can we learn from these visions of good leadership? I think 
one of the main things is understanding that we have license and even an obligation to hold a vision for our lives, where we want to live, how we want to live, how much money we want to make, what kind of work we want to do, what kind of relationships we want to have, what kind of daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly flow we want. All of those things we have license. Not only we have license as in permission, but it's part of the job of being a good parent. Having that vision, holding that vision, crafting it, and then maintaining consistency in pivoting continuously towards it, steering us there, taking us somewhere taking us somewhere as a family, taking us to the type of family that we want to be, the type of Saturdays we want, the type of food we're going to eat. And the point of a good leader is that none of this happens through control. None of this happens through fear. None of it happens through the negative aspects of being authoritarian. It doesn't happen because good leaders demand respect. They don't demand respect, they command respect. We want to respect them. We want to please them. We want to collaborate with them. We want to learn from them because, wow, look at how this person is living. And that comes back to the concept of I am the curriculum. Good leaders inspire us to put our best efforts forward. And they see in us things that we may not have even seen in ourselves. Potential that we didn't even realize we have. And they know how to point out the things that we're doing that is working and to focus primarily on the positive, but they also know how to give back feedback, how to give feedback and critique when necessary, not in the form of criticism, but really in the form of how we can make this work better in the future, what they want to see from us, what they'd love to see more of. What are those characteristics of a good boss? Do they shame? Do they yell? Do they bribe? Do they punish? These would not be considered good boss characteristics, but weakness and just bending over backwards to please and to serve wouldn't either. And I know that some of us are so uncomfortable with hierarchy of any sort, with power of any sort. And so maybe you're sitting here scratching your head thinking, but I thought every tell was all about peaceful parenting and conscious parenting. Why is she talking about hierarchy? Why is she talking about leadership? Why is she talking about authority? And I think for me, it's about understanding that inherently part of being a parent is being a leader. When you bring home a newborn baby, you are making a million decisions for them every single day. You've made decisions for them 10 years before they were even born. You decided who their parents were going to be. You decided where they were going to be born. You decided where they're coming home to and what they're doing all day and what they're wearing and what you're feeding them. And then as they're toddlers, you're still deciding what toys they're exposed to, what books they're exposed to, where they're going, who they're meeting. You're a leader, whether you like it or not. You're making choices and taking responsibility for someone else, whether you like it or not. So why not model positive, good, healthy leadership? But beyond that is also true. I think children need leaders. They are new people in the world. And whilst they can lead us in many ways, they can be our guides spiritually. We can look to them and learn from them so much. And I 100% agree with Dr. Shefali that they are our teachers, spiritually. But we are their guides on earth. We are their leaders in the day-to-day living life, making a plan and following through learning how to navigate, learning how to be stand-up citizens and educated people and helpful people and healthy people and safe people, all of that stuff, we do need to teach them. You do need to lead them to it. 
They are relying on you to do that. Society is relying on you to do that. You know, that's the role of being a parent. That's what it is. It's being a leader. So why not look to those wonderful, incredible, inspirational leaders of the past and say, how can I be that for my family? Here's another thing a leader doesn't do. A leader doesn't melt down to the people that they're leading. Leaders have their ish together. And I know this isn't going to be popular with some of us because we're all about authenticity and we should be able to feel our feelings and express our feelings and just be who we are. And parenting is really hard. And it might sound like I'm almost shaming mummy meltdowns. And I'm not. I have them regularly. This is something that I don't always have my ish together. I'm not always, you know, buttoned up and calm and in my right mind. But I know that to be a good leader and to be a good parent, that is what I need to do. I need to be in my right mind for my people. That is the act of service. The act of service isn't I'll run and get you water whenever you ask and I'll run and do the things that you ask for all the time. That's not the service of parenting. The service of parenting, the true act of service is I will keep myself together and I will craft a vision and stick to it and lead you there. I will keep myself together. You won't have to support me. I will not rely on you. I will not melt down and break down on you. I will find my other outlets for that. I will have my confidant. I will have my friend, my therapist, my partner, other adults that I can go to. But if I want to be a great leader to you, I can never make you responsible for my challenges or my feelings. And that's why in the mainstream parenting, when they say, oh, you're making mommy so sad or you're making me so angry. And P.S., I'm totally guilty of saying these things, but it's just poor leadership. Imagine your boss said to you, you know, you're making me so angry or you're making me so sad. It's kind of like, what? Why are your feelings dependent on me? I'm here, you know, doing my best work, trying to learn, trying to grow, trying to support the business. What are you talking about? You're the leader here. You know, put your big boy pants on. We need to put our big boy or girl pants on to be good leaders. And then finally, we have to be willing to make choices that are heavy, that are hard, and take responsibility for them. We have to be willing to sometimes make choices with imperfect information, perhaps always imperfect information, and handle what comes up, handle the conflict, and realize that, yeah, that's part, that's all part of the role. It's all part of the role. If I decide to remove you from the situation because you were biting and kicking, I make that choice wholeheartedly. I'm not going to eat myself up with guilt. I'm not going to shame you for making me feel upset or that you made me do it to you. I'm not going to second guess myself a million times and go back and forth and back and forth. I'm not sure what to do and then just be weak in my leadership. I'm going to be strong for you. I'm going to be strong for you that this is what we're doing and I'll see it through so that you could have a sense of stability in your life, a sense that there is a responsible adult at the helm of this family. So I need to take responsibility for my choices and see them through. Like we decided that, you know, we're really going to try to do an allowance every week or we're going to try that everybody clears the table after dinner or we're going to try to do uh, whatever it is, a project or um, to hold ourselves to a certain standard with regards to behavior or to learn something like a second language. As a leader, I take responsibility for follow through. I crafted that vision. I took your opinion into account. But ultimately, 
I'm the one who needs to lead us there. I'm the one who has to take that radical responsibility and make sure that I'm putting one foot in front of the other to lead us there. So I want to leave you with a final thought, which helps us, I think, be good leaders, which has been helping me recently. Because I've gone through such a volatile few weeks, years maybe, with one of my children, uh, who is very extreme in his emotional responses and has these big, big meltdowns. And I can so easily get caught up in the whirlwind of those feelings and just feeling defeated and like, I don't know what I'm doing with him and I must be messing up and guilty and frustrated and act out myself in ways that, oh, I'm just so embarrassed by, like grabbing him and yelling at him, taking him to his room or trying to punish him because I'm so triggered and I just can't calm myself down in those moments. And yes, in case you're wondering, these things happen to me. But when I think about it, one of the words that comes to me, and this was shared with me by my good friend and fellow present player, Shara. So shout out to Shara. Thank you so much for using these words in one of your posts. Shara spoke about the adult task. She said that in any given situation, your kid is being all giggly and silly or acting out or having a tantrum. In any given situation, there's an adult task. The adult task might be we have to get somewhere on time or we have to get out of this situation with other people or we need to clear the dinner table or we need to go to bed or whatever it is. The next task that you need to make sure happens. And she was saying how when you focus on the adult task, you don't get caught up in the whirlwind of their emotional reactions and behaviors. The child can be behaving, well, childlike, but we as leaders focus on the adult task. We know what needs to happen. And if you think about someone leading a revolution or someone leading, you know, some big cause, some important thing, if the people they're leading are acting out or getting scared or or crying or, or being very emotional, whatever it is, the leader needs to stay zen and focused on what the next thing that needs to happen is. On leading, right? That's the leading part. Leading them to the next thing. Like, yes, you're very upset right now, but we are still getting in the car. And it's my adult responsibility to make that happen as the vision crafter. In this case, the micro vision of just what's happening today. I have a plan and this is what we need to do. Of course, we need to still be flexible. Of course, sometimes we can pivot and change our plans. But in any given situation, there's that adult task, like the decision you need to make right now and the follow through that needs to happen for that decision to to occur. And it's really helpful to maintain connection with that sense of the adult, being the adult in the room, being the leader of this group, even if it's just a group of one. If you have one little toddler, but you are the leader. That means you're the decision maker. That means you're the responsibility taker. That means you're the authority. That means that at the end of the day, you're the one who crafts the vision. You're the one who steers us there. You're the one who takes responsibility for making those choices. And You're the one who empowers us to be independent and to follow and to be inspired to follow and collaborate with you and cooperate with you because we trust you, because we see in you that great vision holder, that visionary, right? We see that you have things under control, that you can make decisions and follow through on them and complete tasks and that we cannot... Um, derail you from that. We cannot send you so off kilter and so off course that you're just lost in the, you know, abyss with us. So bring it back to that captain of the ship we sometimes talk about. 
However much I act out on the ship, I really don't want the captain to lose control of the helm. I really don't want that. I only feel safe when the captain doesn't mind me, doesn't mind my singing and my silliness and my tantrums and my meltdowns. But however emotional I am, the captain stays focused on the adult task of steering the ship. He might empathize with me, he might care deeply, but he or she is driving a ship and needs to keep me safe. So bring it back to those good leaders, those inspiring leaders. What do they conjure up for you? Can you embody them? Can you get on your own kind of alter ego, your own personality of who you would be as a great leader? And maybe you are a great leader already in some area of your life. Like maybe you're a fantastic boss or an amazing counselor or teacher or some kind of leadership role. Um, but you're having trouble translating that into your parenting. So this is my invitation to you to translate that into your parenting and to be the leader that your children need. Thanks for listening to the Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste.